Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, this is your host today, Dr. E.J. and Prophetess Kathy McKenzie, uh, coming live to you from the Master Key. We pray that your day has been great, and it has been great because you are great. Those of you that is uh, calling in, uh, our own chat and desire to call in and have any questions, uh, you can call area code 8 Seven, seven. This is on our 800 number, 877-537-3321. Now, this is not the number you get on and you stay on. This is the number that you call in and um, uh, you call in on and you have questions. Uh, our regular call-in number is area code 347-237-5493. Uh, those on chat, um, know that you will probably at work, whatever the case may be, so uh, if you have any questions, you can just type it in. Uh, we will read it on the air and answer your questions um, as the Spirit of God will reveal uh, to us. Uh, so don't forget now, and those of you that are with us today, uh, call your family and friends and, and have them to join us. Uh, we believe the Lord is going to bless us today. And Jesus is going to be glorified, magnified on this broadcast today. So we want you to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and have Prophetess Kathy to greet you. Will you greet, uh, greet our radio audience, uh, Prophetess Kathy? Yes, I will. Good afternoon to everyone. Thank you for joining with us on this afternoon, the Master Key, the Order of Kingdom Relationships uh, with Dr. McKenzie and myself. We're just uh, so um, glad that you are with us this afternoon, or if you're going to be listening later on, then we say greetings to you, and thank you for joining us. All right. Uh, a couple of announcements before we get started. Uh, I want to make an apology for last night. Uh, those that was on the broadcast last night, uh, uh, we had quite a few people on the broadcast last night, so I missed someone had uh, logged in, and they have a question, and I didn't notice until I, but we was, I was dismissing everyone. So uh, if you uh, though if you own the uh, air today, uh, we'd love for you to accept our apology of those that uh, you may be uh, uh, tuning back in by archives. Then uh, we want to extend our apology. So we will be more mindful the next time that we have a large audience, with a, uh, a huge audience, audience on last night. Matter of fact, the last two nights, uh, some people wasn't able to get in. So uh, we just thank God for Him uh, blessing. Uh, humanity, the body of Christ through us. Uh, we're going to be starting our next fast. We usually do it uh, fasting and prayer the last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But of course, this is the holiday, and a lot of people are going to be out of town. A lot of people are going to be uh, with the family running around uh, doing the uh, the holiday things. So we we decided that we don't want to stop what uh, got started with us in January. So we decided that we're going to do our fasting and prayer next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. That's the 17th, 18th, and the 19th. We have a new uh, number and code as well. 
uh, this is going to work out better for us because we'll be able to, those that like to come back on later on and join us in prayer, you will be able to do that. And we'll be having reference numbers concerning each uh, uh, each day of prayer. So that's a blessing that uh, Prophet Kathy put that in place. Uh, the new number is area code 712-432-3900. Once again, 712-432-3900. And the code is 287381-POUND. 287381-POUND. Uh, if you'd like to join with us in fasting and join with us in prayer, uh, you can do that. Uh, we fast from, uh, we do a half a day fast. We do it from the time you wake up to 12 hours later, usually 6 to 6 or 5 to 5, 4 to 4, 3 to 3, uh, however the Lord God leads you. Join with us. Uh, we're going to be concluding. This is the last month of this year, so we're going to be concluding our time of fasting and prayer uh, in the areas in the spirit of thanksgiving and the spirit of praise, thanking God for sustaining us all through this year. Uh, letting him know we love him and adore him and appreciate him. We just, uh, a time of rededicating ourselves and consecrating ourselves unto him as we close out uh, 2012 and embarking upon 2013. So we are not begging him for nothing, asking him for nothing. We're thanking him for everything that he's done on the inside of us that we know some things has already begun to manifest uh, and we know what's getting ready to manifest in 2013 because he's revealing them unto us by his spirit. So don't forget that that's um, the, 14th, the 17th, 18th, and the 19th. That's this coming Monday, this coming Tuesday, this coming Wednesday uh, at 5.30 a.m. in the morning. 5.30 a.m. in the morning. Uh, uh, come join us. If you have anybody that want to join us, let's go out with a bang. Let's go out. Uh, with such a presence and a glory of God manifesting itself to us because our hearts is bent towards him. And we let him know we're so thankful. We're letting him know we're so grateful that he sustained us. He sustained our marriages. He sustained our children. He sustained our ministries. He sustained our businesses. He sustained our life. We should be thankful and grateful. So many people died in 2012. Uh, so many people uh, lost hope in 2012, but you didn't. Yeah. I did And we want to let them know that we're grateful and we're thankful and appreciative. Also, our watch night service is December 31st. Those of you that do not have a church home uh, or those of you that have a church home and may not have watch night service. So uh, we would like to invite you to become a part of our uh, uh, watch night service, Access Granted. Uh, that's December 31st, 2012 at 10 p.m., at the uh, Embassy Suites Hotel, the Miami Airport area, 3971 South River Drive. Uh, parking will be $5. And so you want to carpool with someone, that's fine. Uh, but I believe the glory is going to be greater than the $5. The anointing is going to be greater than the $5. The blessing that you're going to receive is going to be greater than the $5. Don't even focus on uh, money because money is not going to be an issue with you. $5 is, is, is going to be less than $0.05. Cents. Uh, what God is getting ready to manifest in your life. So uh, uh, come join us. So we're really uh, in a spirit of expectancy for this watch night service. Uh, we believe God for the glory. We believe God for the presence. We believe God for the anointing. We believe God for the manifestation and the demonstration of the supernatural, this watch night service. All right, Prophet right. Kathy, uh, has the Lord laid anything on your heart? Yes, he has. Um, 
I was uh, thinking about the message from Sunday, um, the message that the Lord used you to speak on Sunday, which is today is our payday, and a powerful scripture that God allowed you to bring out from the book of uh, Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, and the message uh, Bible. And I'm just going to uh, read it, and I, and I know God is going to uh, speak because I believe God put this in my, in my spirit. Uh, verse 10 says, and this is the message Bible, it says, still it's what God had in mind all along, to crush him with pain. The plan was that he gives himself as an offering for sin so that he see life come from it, life, life, and light, and more light. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. Uh, and I'm going to read 11 and 12 uh, in a little bit. But I was thinking as couples, since we this is uh, the order of kingdom relationships, and as a couple, you and I, we've been married 25 years, going on 26 years, so there are many things that God has allowed us to uh, endure, the testing of this marriage, the testing of, of me as a wife, the testing of you as a, as a husband and as a father and me as a mother, uh, and especially the, the testing that God allowed us to go through and endure on last year. And I remember one of the words that God spoke through you uh, was that this is not the devil, this is me. And so as a couple, I believe that God has allowed us to be tested um, because we can, with that test and, and endured and, and God brought us out and we know it was God that brought us out, then that same victory that God has allowed us to experience, we can help somebody else. And one of the words that you spoke on Sunday was that, we must be processed into the Word of God. And so as a couple, uh, I believe all that hell on last year, God was processing us into the Word of God. So we can take that same victory that God allowed us to experience and be able to help somebody else. Uh, what is your mindset on that? Well, let's look at it from a uh, relational perspective. Since this, we are talking about relationship. And uh, uh, every relationship. Now, let's look at it. This is God's son, whom he loves. I want to apologize uh, for this uh, uh, interruption here. This, this is God's son. See, I did a message years ago called The Paradox of Love, that love is a paradox. It's, it, it doesn't seem, I mean, it's, it can be confusing because our mentality is right. If you love me, why are you allowing me, allowing me to go through this? That is a world's mentality uh, concerning love. It's not a biblical mentality concerning love. If God loved the children of Israel, why would he let them be in Egypt for 400 years? He loved them enough for, to be in Egypt for 400 years because yeah. he was doing something that they didn't understand. Of what was happening, and so let's look at it from uh, uh, here's God. God said it pleased him. Uh, what verse that you was reading? Verse ten. Uh, verse ten. Yes. It says, "Out of that uh, terrible travail of soul, uh, out of that terrible, terrible travail of soul." You said something. Yes, that's verse eleven. Verse 11. Well, let me read. Uh, 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 oh, that's it. Verse 11. You said 10? Yes, verse 10. Okay. Still, it's what God had in mind all along. 
to crush him. Now, did God know what you was going to go through, be challenged with, before you said, I do? This is to our radio audience. This is Kathy and myself. Did God know? Absolutely. Did we know? Absolutely not. We didn't know. We didn't know, but God knew. So we believe that God joined us. God called us uh, into the relationship. I don't even want to put it that way. Well, God put it in our spirit because we didn't have to get married. God don't need to get married. Yes. So he put it in our spirit. So, but notice what it says here, if you will. Still it was what God had in mind all along, to crush him with pain. So do that sound like love? Absolutely not. But yet, do, did God love the Son while he was on earth? Absolutely. Jesus said it all the time. I love the Father, and the Father loved me. Yes. That if the Father loved him, and he loved the Father, this sounds like some negative, this sounds like somebody have a mental problem here. Uh, it don't <laughs> sound spiritual. Still, it's what God had in mind all along, to crush him with pain. The pain that was that he gave himself as an offering for sin. Now watch this here. So you mean to tell me it pleased the Father to to crush him with pain? He had that in mind. So when you and I said, I do, God had it in mind to crush us with pain. Mm-hmm. to use me as an instrument to crush you, to use you as an instrument to crush me. He had it yes. in, this was in his plan. But hmm. what happens? What happens to the majority of us when God used the spouses to crush one another with pain? We look at one another and we abort the relationship. Yes. I ain't taking this. This uh-huh. ain't God. This <laughs> cannot be God. The reason you say it's not God and the reason you say it cannot be God is because you don't know God. You don't know God. Hmm. You, you have some knowledge of God. And when you read the Scripture, you're only reading the Scripture from your finite mind, but not by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Because this don't make any sense here. Then it goes on to say that he, 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 uh, he uh, gave himself as an offering for sin so that he... See, life come from it. Life, life, and more life. Now, let's break that down. Uh Let's break it down and make it plain. Have I ever sinned against you? Yes. Have you ever sinned against me? Yes. Yes. For the wage of sin is what? Death. Death. Now, when I sinned against you and you sinned against me, both Uh of us, that particular time, experience death. But how are you and I to experience life from that death? Now, when I sinned against you, watch this right here, did it cause you pain? Yeah. Yes. When you sinned against me, did it cause me pain? Yeah. Yes. So how was life going to come out of that? How was life is going to be experienced the life of Christ going to be experienced from this pain that you cause me, this pain that I cause you. 
How was life going to be experienced? Ladies and gentlemen, we got to make it plain. we got to make it practical. Because we hear this, it sounds good, it sounds wonderful, it sounds great. But watch this right here. Now, who is the author of sin? Satan. The devil. Well, the Bible says he sent it from the beginning. Yes. So, when I sinned against Kathy, who was I under the influence of? Satan. Let's make it plain and clear. Yes. We only, we, all of us is under the influence of one or two spirits. Satan or God is no in between. Satan or God. So when I sinned against Kathy, all sin originates from Satan. That I'm under the influence at that present time, manipulated, deceived, however you want to call it. Then I was up under the spirit of death. Because mm. the wage of sin is what? Death. That means when I sinned against Kathy, I cut myself off first from who? God. God. Second to who? Kathy. Mm. Now, I'm in a death situation. Hmm. But how do I experience life when I sin against Kathy by sinning against God? I sin against God. I sin against Kathy. Now I'm in a death situation. Mm-hmm. The only way that life can be experienced, somebody, somebody got to defeat the sin that I committed. But who's going to be the one that's going to defeat the sin and defeat death? The person that have it in their hand to do it. When I sin against Kathy, then that means Kathy now has the power to liberate me from the sin and to liberate me from the death and to restore me back to God. How does she do that? Only one way. By forgiving me. Yes. Are you getting this? Yes. So when you forgive a person, oh, we, we got to get this thing, we got to get it. When we forgive a person, you and I now are operating just like Jesus Christ. So what God did God, it was, it was, it brought, it was, it brought pleasure to God to bruise Kathy through my sin, mm-hmm. because our Kathy's bruising, she can experience life and she can liberate me from death to life. Yes. Are, are, are you all seeing this? Glory. See, we gotta make this thing plain. Now, watch this right here. When Kathy forgives me from her heart, she just now executed judgment upon the spirit of the devil, whatever that thing was. Yes, amen. It was. And now she became a dispenser of life and restoration because she had restored her brother, not her husband, I'm her brother, she restored her brother because we're going to be married in heaven. She yes. restored her brother first back to God, yes. then second back yes. to her 
as a husband. Yes. Restore her brother to God, her husband, back to herself. Amen. Are we getting this? Amen. Do right, you have anything you want to add to that? Well, yes, I was thinking when you said that, um, I wanted to ask a question because it may be someone that is listening may listen later on to make it also practical. If a person, you know, just you're using, uh, talking about you and I and relationship, so if a wife does not uh, forgive her brother and, rest- and restore him back to the father and then to herself, so she's walking around in a, their marriage is dead or in a death situation? Well, let's look at it this way. God gave her an opportunity to grow. God gave her an opportunity to to advance. Mm -hmm. God gave her an opportunity to be a dispenser of life. He gave an opportunity. Now, she can miss the opportunity and say, I refuse to forgive him. That does not mean he's not forgiven because the first thing he's going to do before he comes to his wife is go to God. Because he did not sin against his wife. He sinned against God. By sinning against God, he ended up sinning against his wife. All sin, ladies and gentlemen, is not done through two people. It's done to God. It's manifested itself to people, but it's done to God. So if a man went to God, in this situation, a scenario concerning you and I, if I went to God and said, God, forgive me for sinning against you, and forgive me for sinning against my wife. God said, son, I am faithful. I am just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. At that moment, I am forgiven. Now I go to Kathy. God now is really setting Kathy up. He's setting Kathy up to be blessed. He's setting Kathy up to grow. It's out of your pain. That's how you grow. It's out of your pain. So now, Kathy, if Kathy had the mind of God, if Kathy saw the big picture, the big picture is not me sinning against Kathy. The big picture is Satan used my husband to sin against me. The big mm-hmm. picture is Satan. Yeah. But this is where spirituality comes in. You will not see Satan if you're carnal. You only can see Satan when you're spiritual. When you're spiritual, you see it from God's perspective, when you're spiritual. So, so if the wife is spiritual, you say, I see you foul spirit trying to destroy my husband. Not destroy our marriage, not to try to destroy our relationship, but destroy him and his relationship yeah. with God. Because mm-hmm. the success of, of the marriage is if that man is in right relationship with God. The success of the marriage, if that woman is in right, right relationship with God. But the problem with married couples, they don't focus on their spouse's relationship with God. They focus on their relationship. Couples. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's why they're frustrated and they're aggravated. Because when your focus is on your wife and your focus is on your husband, more than the wife relationship with God and the husband relationship with God to, your husband and your wife has become an idol. You can take wow. that to the bank. Wow. And that's why you're focused on your idol and not, not your spouse's relationship with God. That should be number one, and number two should be your, your, your spouse's relationship with you. 
First God, then you. Mm -hmm. And not you, then God. So what has happened with a lot of marriages is really that spouse want that, that that husband or that wife want their spouse to love to love them with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Not to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. They want their spouse to love them, which is idolatry. It's nothing but an idol. And God is not going to allow your spouse to love you more than him. It ain't going to happen. And that's why God, I believe, constantly allow a marriage to be processed, to go through a a pain, a disappointment, to keep it balanced, to keep it balanced, to get them to come right back to him and leave your spouse and come back to me, rededicate to me, recommit to me in your heart, in your mind. Then you can turn around and be an instrument of the life of Christ to your spouse. Yes, amen. Um, I had another thought uh, concerning that when you were speaking about, uh, you know, focusing on me, focusing on your relationship with God and then me, so uh, you won't be an idol to me, you know, if I have a problem uh, forgiving you. Uh, What happens when there is uh, in the relationship where the wife is just, you know, I'm constantly just struggling uh, forgiving you, but I don't think about how I have missed God, how I have, you know, sinned against God so many times, and he has forgiven me, but he, yet I'm focusing on the one thing that you did, forgetting about all the other things, you know, the thousands of things that I've done, but I'm focusing on this one thing that you have done, um, and, and it's just so, seems like it's just so hard for me to, to move past it, to forgive you, because I can't move past it if I'm not forgiving you, but it seems like it's so hard for me to forgive you, um, you know, what happens in a situation like that? I, I don't forget about all the times how God has been so good to me and he's forgiven me over and over and over again. So you, the question you, uh, you're asking is not so much what happened, but why does a person operate that way? Yes, why thank does you. A person, why is it so hard for a person to forgive another person that's violated them why, what causes a person not able to see how many times they miss it? Well, yes. the, the answer to that is pride. Pride mm-hmm. blinds me to me. Pride mm-hmm. only causes me to see you. Pride yes. only causes me to see what you have done to me. Pride only causes me to see how you have violated me. And I have totally... Pride will not let me remember the times that I sinned against God. Pride ain't going to let me remember the times that I sinned against you. Pride is not going to let me remember. And pride going to tell me that what you did is greater than what I ever done to you. That's what pride tells you. So, so pride start measuring it. I didn't do what you, at least I didn't do what you did. I, oh, yeah, I know I sinned, but I ain't never done what you did. That's what pride said. So pride has deceived you. Pride has manipulated you. Pride has lied to you. Pride has put you in a category and put the sp- your spouse in another category when the Bible says all have sinned. Yeah. And so now what has happened, because they struggle 
uh, 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 when they struggle, it's a revelation that they they are struggling with pride, and they don't know that they're under the, uh, under satanic attack and up under the vice. They are really entering into a vice. It's a vice of the enemy that have them so blind, so they cannot move beyond it because they really, really believe that they are better than you. They really, really believe that I know God has forgave me, but the thing you did. It's going to be very difficult for God to forgive you. That, that pride is, is such a manipulator. It is such a, a deceiver because it really, really makes you think that you're better, which is self-righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the problem. And so uh, when an individual can't see, it's very little that you can do. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, though. You can take this to the bank. When a person constantly operates that way, God is going to allow something so catastrophic in their life or in their marriage that's going to open up their eyes. And they're going wow. to see just how undone they were because they can't see right now. And nobody wow. can tell them. The spouse definitely can't tell them nothing because they really believe that the spouse is wrong. And they really walk around. And even if they tell the spouse, I forgive you, they still walk around with that disposition. But deep down in their heart, they really believe that they're right. They really believe that that their sin is not greater than their spouse's sin. They, they, they may say, I forgive you, but they really walk around it because God is going to allow something else to happen. It's going to surface again. It's going to surface. Yes. What you really believe is going to surface. It's going to come out of your mouth again. Yes. So yes. God's going to allow something catastrophic to happen just to see how wretched they are. Yes. And so only the Spirit of God, only the light of Christ uh, can shine a floodlight on all of our hearts. And that's why... The Word of God don't work when you go to church. And that's why the Word of God don't work when you study. That's why the Word of God don't work when you have your morning devotion. And these same kind of people, they still, they still fast. They still pray. They still have morning devotions. They still quote scriptures. They still do all that stuff. But instead, nothing is working. You know why? You are doing that with a contaminated heart. You are not, you, you're the morning devotion. You will not let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Mm. So Why? Because pride will allow only certain things to be ministered to them. But when it comes to that area, they put up a yes. guard against the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can't penetrate it because there's a guard up. Yes, yes. And I, I remember uh, one time you brought it out in one of the messages uh, concerning, you probably was doing the teaching on forgiveness, that the great act of love is uh, for forgiveness is for me to forgive you. That's the greatest act of love for me to show towards you is that I forgive you. Not that I, not that I'm not even focusing on trying to remember it, but I forgive you and we have moved on. Going back to what you said earlier, God has given me an opportunity to grow. So I choose to grow because I choose to be more like Christ and Christ uh, forgave. And so therefore, in me choosing to be like Christ, I forgive. Going back to the foundation of what we started out talking about, your I got to examine, and this must be I'm a reality to all of us that's on this broadcast today, and those that's going to be listening by archives. Let's get real, because mm-hmm. you bought as well, because you can't trick God. You yeah. cannot trick God. Amen. Examine your heart today. Mm-hmm. Do you really love God more than your spouse? Mm-hmm. That's the that is the issue right there. Yes. Do you love God more than your spouse? 
What is your assignment in this relationship? What is your assignment and your function? Who gave you the assignment? Who gave you the anointing to function? God, yes. the Holy Spirit. Yes. So your job, my job, is to make sure that each we're in alignment with God first. If yes. you see anything in my life that you think is not God, you have a right to come to me in a respectful way. I have a right to come to you in a respectful way. The goal is to restore you back to God. The goal is for you to restore me back to God. If you see that I'm out of alignment in some areas, now you've done that with me, especially with the girls. You, you, I may say something, do something with the kids. Maybe you get with me privately, and you say, baby, I don't think you handled that right. And you usually start it out this way, with all due respect. <laughs> uh, I don't think that you handled that right. And I say, what do you mean you don't think I handled it right? And then you go into the details. And as you're talking, if I am submitted to the Spirit of God, if I, am, I have a heart of humility, I will hear the voice of God. And 99 yeah. times out of, uh, uh, out of 100, uh, 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 the majority of times, uh, I say, you're absolutely right. And I, and I go and I call them in and I apologize to them. Yeah. What did I do? What you just did? You just restored me back to God. You just stole, restored me back into fellowship and harmony with God because I did not handle it Christ-like, that situation. So, number one, our responsibility, uh, not responsibility, where is our love? Because God so loved the world, he gave his only yes. begotten son. Ladies and gentlemen, understand this right here. Not only God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, God so loved you, he gave you. So, yes. so just like God gave his son to remove the sins of the world, he's given us to each other. To forgive one another's sin. Mm-hmm. Lord, if my brother come against me, seven sin against me seven times a day, how many times shall I forgive him? The Lord says 70 times seven. Now, yes. I need everybody to look at it from this perspective. Since Captain brought out this scripture in Isaiah 53, you gotta look at it from this perspective. And you gotta look at it from the perspective of what God had in mind. God has something in mind when God allows somebody to sin against you. You really need to look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture was Jesus conquering sin. That was the bigger picture. Jesus conquering sin. So you've got to understand the bigger picture is also is you and I manifesting victory over sin. Jesus is our victor. We don't have to go to the cross. Jesus already to the cross. But we must go to our cross. We don't have to die physically. Jesus did that. But we do have to die to ourselves. So you understand. So the bigger picture is now God is, is, is raising you up, putting you in a situation for you to exercise dominion, authority, and power over the devil. Not your husband. Not your wife. Not the person against you. But the sin. The sin that came through that person. You can, you can dismantle it, you can defeat it, you can break its power, because that's what you and I are here for. Mm-hmm. I can break it off of Kathy, Kathy can break it off of me, how? By forgiving me. By forgiving mm-hmm. me. Watch this right here. Did Jesus commit sin? 
No. But did Jesus receive our sin? Yes. yes. So since Jesus did not commit sin, then it qualified him to be raised from sin. Yes. He did not commit it. He received it. Yes. Once again, he did not commit it. He received it. So when he went to the grave, sin could not hold him down because he never committed it. He received yes. it. Mm-hmm. So he could not hold him down. So he was raised the third day victorious over sin, victorious over death, victorious over Satan. He put you and I in that same situation almost every day, but we miss it because we don't understand what is happening. So just say, Kathy, sin against me. When Kathy sin against me, God has put me in the same situation he put Jesus. Now, if Kathy sin against me, I didn't commit the sin. She committed the sin. But how do I function like Jesus? By receiving what she did against me, receiving it and releasing it. Receiving it and releasing her from it. Much is right here. By me releasing her from it, it gives me authority and power over it. Mm-hmm. Just like Jesus never committed it, giving him authority and power over it. And God raised him up from the dead. So when Kathy sinned, or I sinned, and Kathy forgive me, then what Kathy has become, Kathy has been a, become a dispenser of life. Now, by forgiving me, she just defeated and conquered the sin in the earth realm in our relationship with Jesus that was over 2,000 years ago. She just manifested the victory of Jesus. And what happened? It set me free, and what Kathy don't realize and understand, she just went into another dimension with God. You, you don't feel it. You don't see it at the time, but you just went into another dimension of God. Yes, amen. Amen. You know, listening to, uh, listening to that also, when you talked about uh, seeing the bigger picture, I was thinking about the girls uh, because uh, it would be someone that's on the uh, line listening to it or late, uh, listen later on that has has children, has kids. And Jay, with us, we have three girls. So I not only do I demonstrate um, the love of God, the greatest act of love by forgiving, but I can also be able to help the girls. And I think sometimes, you know, as couples as in our relationship, we may forget about, you know, I have children that I can share the same principle with that can help them one day when they get married, they can re- look back on this, reflect back on what I shared with them, and that can also help them and their relationship with their uh, future spouse. So that's what the Lord was also speaking to me while you were sharing, that this can also demonstrate and and I can be an open uh, display, if you will, before the girls of demonstrating the love of God through my forgiveness, and I can help them when they get uh, married one day to their own husband. That's good. Uh, let me add to that, because here's a bigger picture again. The bigger picture is, even if you don't model it or demonstrate that, whatever spirit that is using you, a uh, me, uh-huh. will be released to the girls. Yeah. So unforgiveness can be released to them, and forgiveness yeah. can be released to them, because we are yeah. their authority. We are the authority, and everything yeah. is released in the earth realm through authority. Let me let me let me uh, 
uh, uh, I'm looking at verse 12 here, uh, that chapter you yes. just read. See, uh-huh. This is what what's going to happen. Beg your pardon? No, I was agreeing with you. It, here is verse 12. It says, therefore, I will reward him extravagantly. Yes. The best of everything. For what? For you forgiving. Forgiving, when you give, forgive somebody, do you understand what that means? That means you just died. Hmm. It's impossible to forgive without dying to yourself. Yes. Forgiveness is forgetting about you. Forgiveness is forgetting about what happened to you. Forgiveness is forgetting about what was said to you. You was more concerned about that person being restored, but you was willing to die for their salvation. When a person is restored to God by you forgiving them, you die to you. Yes. And so now God is going to reward you. God said, I'm getting ready to reward Jesus for dying for the sins of humanity. Wow. I'm going to reward him. That's how your marriage goes from level to level. Forget about marriage. That's how you go from level to level, from dimension to dimension. Then that's how your marriage goes from level to level and dimension to dimension. Your marriage can't go nowhere only as far as you go. If you're yes. not going anywhere, the marriage can't go anywhere. If yes. you're growing, the marriage is growing. Mm-hmm. So, so God is going to reward the man and the woman that forgives one another. God, it, took, it pleased the Father to cause him pain, but he had the right attitude. Jesus yes. had the right attitude. I have not always had the right attitude when you cause me pain. So there may be some people in the line, you have not always had the right attitude when uh, your spouse calls you, calls you pain. I'm going to tell you why I didn't have the right attitude. Because I did not see Jesus. I saw Kathy. Yes. I saw the instrument, but I didn't see the hand that was willing the instrument. And that's how the devil manipulates us and gets us. Yes. Mm-hmm. You've got to understand this thing. So there is a reward every time you forgive people from your heart. Because when you forgive people from your heart, you cancel Satan's right to that person. He can no longer manipulate nor perpetrate that person's sin anymore because you removed it. When you forgave them, you removed it. And when you removed it, he has nothing to work with anymore. And God rewards you. Because you remove that person's sin and remove them from the from under the influence of Satan, when you forgive a person, now they become under the influence of God and no longer under the influence of Satan. Yes, that's powerful all by just, itself. Yes, it is, and I, I was just thinking this is just so good um, what God is speaking through you um, because let's think about all the marriages, all the relationships. Uh, all the individuals in the body of Christ that if we were to understand that principle, how we, we, you know, when we forgive, we cancel Satan's right to that individual because we demonstrate love by forgiving them. Uh, and, and think of the different marriages, uh, the relationship that would, that God wants to uh, reward extravagantly uh, because we operate in the principle of forgiving and becoming more like Christ. Yeah. And, and and this is good what we're saying, but we got we we're not telling you by no way, uh, shape or form, that this is easy. It is not easy in your own strength, no, and you can't do this in your 
own strength. No. Period. You only can do, you only can love in the strength of the Holy Ghost. You only can forgive in the strength of the Holy Ghost. So if, if I am more natural and more carnal, it's going to be almost impossible for me to forgive and love because carnality causes me to focus on me. It causes yes. me to focus on the pain that I have experienced from you. And it causes me to focus on how good I've been to you and yes. how wicked you've been to me. That's what carnality does. Uh-huh. It, is a, it is a deceiver. Well, I've been so good to you. It focuses on all the things that it has done for you. That's self-righteousness. Can you see how the devil killing two birds with one stone? Yes. Mm-hmm. Self-righteous because I'm looking at, oh, I've just been so good to you and kind to you and forgot about how wicked I've been to God. <laughs> yes. The flesh is a mess. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. I was thinking while you were speaking about, um, you know, if I'm, is carnality reveals what I'm full of, you know, when I can't forgive. And I was sharing that with all of, you know, just this is a powerful word because all of the couples, all of the relationships, period, if we can understand that, you know, that dimension, so we can begin to walk in the forgiveness so and to reveal that we do love God um, and show that, um, that you know, I, I will forgive, I choose to forgive. See, you're absolutely right, but I still don't think we are getting the, the, the bigger picture here, all of us on this line here. Forgiveness is great. You've got to understand the, the, the power behind it. That's how God's kingdom is advanced. That's how God's kingdom is extended. That's how God's kingdom, it, 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 it comes from heaven into the earth. When I forgive, I just release the victory of Jesus. That's got to become a reality. More than anything, it's Christ. You and I are here for Christ. You and I are here about extending His kingdom. But that's how it works. You and I, when we forgive someone, we just snatch them out of the hand of the devil. We just release them from satanic and demonic legal right to that person's life. We release them from attacks against that person. We just delivered them. We are yeah. deliverers, but we don't even know it and look at that because we're so caught up, stuck up on ourselves. But what somebody has done to us, and all of us been there, starting with me, that's been there because then I understand the manipulation. Then I understand the lie of the enemy. So therefore, the greatest pain many times that you experience, watch what, look at the thing that causes you the pain. It's the very thing that God is trying to get you and I to, to experience victory over it. Yes. And the only way I can experience victory over a thing is by forgiving the person for releasing that thing. Yes. When I release the person, then I release the person from the, the, uh, that thing having the right to the person. So yes. I then end up ex- exercising victory over that thing because I released the person from that thing. Yes. So that got to become a reality to all of us with anything. You said something? No, no, no. I was just agreeing with you because, you know, earlier you had mentioned about, you know, we are a restorer, a a dispenser of life and a restorer. So I dispense life every time I forgive, every time I release that person. Yep. And and see, watch this right here. But 
That'll never happen until you experience the death. The death is the pain, the thing that was done to you. Now, here is the person that has sinned. That means they are an instrument of death. And because they're an instrument of death, now I have an opportunity to conquer death by life. But I got to experience the death. I got to experience the pain. Because remember, God said in Isaiah there, life, 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 and more life. We, we give people life when we forgive them. Amen. Amen. I think yeah. our time about up, isn't it? Okay. Well, this has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie and Kathy McKenzie. We pray that you was blessed by our broadcast today. Uh, God bless you, and let the rest of your day be blessed. God bless you.